Welcome to Rawsome Parenting. It's Kathy and Lynn. This is a platform where parents can offload and say anything anonymously. If you have a story, we want to hear from you. Because parenting is raw, it's awesome, it's Rawsome. Welcome back to Rawsome Parenting, everyone. I'm Lynn and I'm here with my co-host, Kathy. How are Hello. you? Hello. I'm good. How about yourself? Good. Happy fall. Thank you. Thank you. Happy fall to you as well. There's a meme that says... Fall is about to show us how beautiful it is to let go. Oh, that's deep. I love it. Here's what I love about social media so much is that as much crap as there is out there, there's on the other side, there's just so much to learn and grow with. And that inspires me. I I love quotes. I love when they make it pretty and they say something that not only is appealing to the eye, but appealing to the heart. It's one of my favorite things about social media, for sure. And believe it or not, I was totally against social media before. Really? What was it that you were against? I just didn't really know how to use it. And, you know, you hear all these negative things. And I guess I wasn't really solid with who I was that I kind of just like hear the negative. And I just that's how that's how I base social media on all the the negative things I hear about it. That's fair. And it's so this and it's so that because I wasn't strong with who I was, you know. Yeah, and I think the other thing is I've seen people when they follow all these accounts that aren't healthy for their brain and it can really impact them. So. It's the same thing as in real life. If you surround yourself with shit people and shit situations, you're going to feel that energy. And over social media, there's somebody once told me they're like, don't fall, don't, don't do less social media, just do more of the kind of social media that inspires you. And so because this is the direction that we're heading in, you know, technology is absolutely taking over. There are so many things that we can't avoid. And so if you're going to be a part of it, how do you make it a positive experience? There's there's and that's what I learned to embrace. I'm like, I need to just jump on the bandwagon, whether I like it or not. I think a little bit of it was fear, too. Right. Um, But look at the beautiful things that I've been able to create thus far as soon as I embraced it. And you hit the nail on the head when you say you are who you kind of hang out with. Right. When you feel that bad energy, you actually become that bad energy, too. So. I, I focused on the positive side of it and I was like, no, it can't be all that bad. And then, yeah, now we're here. That's how you and I started this podcast. I reached exactly. out to you on social media. Exactly. <laughs> For those who are listening uh, that didn't hear our earlier episodes, but that, that's how her and I connected. I reached out to her on uh, social media and now we're, we're doing this. It's crazy. I love it so much. So speaking of social media and the world of technology Let's go into our letter. So the topic is, how do I stop my ex from undermining my parenting rules? My ex and I have two kids together. The children are with me during the week and with my ex on the weekends. I have several rules and expectations that I enforce with the kids. For example, the kids are allowed one hour of screen time each day. I encourage them to draw, paint, play, or do other interactive things with each other after school. I don't want their childhood to be shaped by a device. The problem is my ex does not establish the same boundaries. In fact, my kids have told me that my ex explained to them that the reason why they have so many rules when they are with me is because I like to be controlling. Seriously? This is just one of my ways. This is just one of many ways that my ex is constantly undermining me and it pisses me off. How do I stop this from happening? Well, first of all... (laughs) I can understand that. 
Uh, there's times where in, you know, me and my husband are together <laughs> and we have different rules. And I feel like he should have my back when I'm saying things like, you need to finish your food before you get the device or before you get to watch TV. And my husband's like, no, don't worry about it. Just let him watch TV while he's eating. So I can understand that. It's oh, for sure. <laughs> In parenting, it's difficult because you have two grown-ups, essentially, who are trying to show up the best way that they know how. Now, there's a word that stands out for me. And before I even go into that word and unpack it, I, I do want to say this. It sounds like the writer really is trying to shape a very healthy childhood for these two kids in the way that there's they, they want tangible ways for them to play and connect. And I think those are very important early on in life because I know that a lot of places where my creativity was developed and my imagination came from play. It, it wasn't from sitting in front of a TV, right? Like your brain, actually, there's certain parts of your brain that shut off when you're just uh, sitting still and watching something versus using all of your motor skills. So I get that and I want to commend the writer for making that a really big focal point uh, of raising their kids. Yes, and I want to commend that too because a lot of parents don't do it enough nowadays due to the devices. So I, I really appreciate this letter. For sure. And it's very convenient to just hand a child a device so that you can go get on with your day and do whatever you need to. And there's a place and time for that for sure. Now, the word that I want to unpack from this title is undermining. So the word undermining strikes me because whenever I hear that word, my first curiosity is what was the agreement? Because there's an assumption that we had an agreement and then you went behind my back and you did something that, you know, undermined me, right? So the first question is, what was the agreement? Was there an agreement established? Was it the two of you sitting down having a conversation over, okay, these are some of the guidelines that we're absolutely going to follow as parents. Whether or not we are together, it doesn't matter because the co-parenting continues all the way until the children are well into their early adulthood. I'm going to be honest, for the people who have come to me for advice about this or have vented about it, most oftentimes not, those expectations and boundaries were never established. Because not because they didn't want it to be established. They didn't know that they needed to have these conversations until these things started to come up. And it got to a point where, you know, say, for example, one friend didn't want to say anything because they just wanted to keep the peace. But it got to a point where they blew up and they got resentful. And then it came out like that. It's a difficult situation. Co-parent Parenting is, is hard enough as it is. And now you're going to do the co-parenting thing. Um, communication is so huge. It's very huge. I remember when I first started dating my ex. Um, and, you know, my ex had a, a child. And she was quite young at the time. Um, but as she started growing into becoming a youth, one of the things that happened was that she started wanting for certain things. And my, my, my ex had very clear boundaries around certain things, right? So he stated very early on in our relationship, when we were very new to the dating period, he made it very clear that I didn't have to worry about any responsibility when it came to raising his child. And and that's fair because we were just dating. Who knew how long I was going to be around? Nobody knew, right? And so I was like, great, okay, good, that's clear, right? So I don't have to go in as mother figure or anything like that. I'm just your girlfriend. 
And then as our relationship evolved, you know, and his child started to live with us, the the communication had to get stronger. So when there were moments and I knew that she, you know, the child was sort of crossing some of the boundaries that were set in place for her, you know, I would text my ex and I would say, hey, so this has happened. What would you like me to do in this scenario? Would you like me to speak to your child or would you prefer for you to do it when you come home later? And so our communication had to be so strong in that regard. And we had to check in with each other constantly to make sure that we were on the same page and that everything that was happening was for the benefit of the child. Because in this, the letter that you've just read, you know, there's a lot of I language, right? Yeah, I, I want this, I want that for the, the child. And I get it because it's, you know, it is, it, it's your desire that you have as a parent. And so then the next thing that we want to unpack around this is just to say, okay, how much of this is projection? And how much of this is actually, in fact, like, have you explored what is actually in your child's best interest? Right? Where is this coming from? So I think those are important conversations to really have, first of all, uh, to get on the same page, but then also to recognize why is this so important for you? Is it a you thing or is it a they thing? Because earlier we talked about, you know, social media and devices and things like that. I, I don't agree with the part where, you know, the ex kind of says that, you know, that they're trying to be controlling. I, I feel like that's that definitely is undermining. That's 100% undermining. When you have to talk behind someone's back and you say negative things or you bring things up and, and challenge each other in front of the kids, that's undermining. Yeah, and that's not healthy for the children either, right? Because then it's teaching them that this type of communication and language towards each other is okay and I don't think it's okay first of all right and with the the spouse saying that the other spouse likes to be controlling that I like I feel attacked for this writer as well right because I've had that said to me (laughs) and it's not that I'm trying to be controlling it's that I'm looking out for my child in other aspects so it may seem like to the other, to my husband that I'm controlling. But I do want him to be using his hands. I do want him to be outdoors. I grew up outdoors. I grew up playing sports. I grew up physically active and I saw the benefits of it, right? Compared to some of my other friends, perhaps that aren't so necessarily active, right? You can see the different types of parenting style. And I just don't want that in my family because it doesn't work with me, right? To each their own. But at the end of the day, yeah, I, I feel attacked when my husband says that. Of course, of course, because it's it it's labeling and it's name calling and it's not nice. So you want to avoid that. I mean, it sounds like this letter really resonates with you. How old is your child now? He's three and a half. So your, your son is three and a half years old. I imagine that over the last three and a half years, you've learned a lot about yourself and your spouse when it comes to parenting. I would say I learned more in the last three and a half years than I did in my life combined. Learning about myself is what I mean. Right. And so as you have evolved as a parent, what kind of conversations have you had around getting on the same page with each other? And what kind of agreements have you made? Yeah. So I'm going to be honest. A lot of it had to do with self because I realized I cannot control the other person. I never can predict what's going to come out of my husband's mouth. I now know though, we are on the same page where it's, I understand more and more each day that he's not trying to say these things to necessarily undermine me. It's just how I make myself feel 
when these things are being said. Okay. His English is his second language. So sometimes he doesn't realize that the things that come out can sound attacking. So I have to really control how I tell him how I feel versus sure. like, you know what? You're pissing me off. You're, you're, you don't have my freaking back and all these other things. Like nobody wants to hear an angry person. I understand that. And I used, to, that was my immediate reaction before was to get angry and to fight back because that was my defense mechanism. And I've had to really learn to tame that because my husband comes from a household that there's no yelling at all ever. Okay. And you're so the when opposite. I talk, yeah. So when I talk back to him like that, guess what he's going to do? He's going to be defensive and then I'm going to get even more defensive and then nothing gets solved. And then this is all sometimes done in front of our child. Not healthy. Oh, goodness. No, not healthy. It At all. It, in, in a family system, John Bradshaw writes about the family system and how it can get dismantled and crumble quite easily from the top down, right? Because the although we think from the top down is like parent and then child and the dynamics um, can, can vary, you know, when you look at the relationships. But the foundation of it all is based on how strong the parenting relationship is. And yes. when that doesn't work, everything else starts to waver. And in fact, what happens is that in a family... When the role of parent and child or like the two parents are not clearly defined and demonstrated, one of the children will actually take on the role of a caretaker. So the writer um, talks about wanting to stop this from happening. So let's get to that part. The first step is to sit down with your ex and establish four or five guidelines. I don't want to call them rules because we want to remain flexible in some of these things. But to really talk about the guidelines and to say what is actually going to be most, so what is the most important thing for for me to see with the children? What is the most important thing for you to see with the children? How can we arrive at a place where whatever we agree on we're going to be consistent with and that it's going to be for the benefit of the children. And it's not about a me versus you thing. Yeah, I agree with that. In our last episode, we talked about writing letters, right? Yes. Instead of writing a letter, perhaps maybe jot down everything that you want to say so that you're not veering off. Of because course. there's something so powerful about, hey, I need to talk to you. But wait, let me just um, get my pen and paper out because I've made some notes. Um, because I don't want it to come across as attacking or whatever, because we need to get on the same page. And it's not about us here. It's about our children. So let me just go through my list. And if you have anything to say about that, to add, to take away, then then let's let's work on it together. There's just something so powerful when you come prepared to that conversation that it really looks like for the other parent that you're coming prepared and not ready to attack because you got it all written down. That's right. And and to also start before you even arrive to that conversation is just yeah. to maybe establish that let's sit down and I'm going to have a few points ready. How about you also? Right. So that it's not like, oh, exactly. I came to this meeting prepared, but now you yeah. feel unprepared and you're going to feel like you're on the defense. We don't want that. Right, to right, happen. right, right. So I, I like that idea. Also, it does sound like there's some unresolved resentment between the two people here to, between the two parents and that needs to be addressed as well. How okay, so? when Where well, do you get that? Here's my assumption. When an ex says uh, that somebody is controlling like that, there's a part of them that is still holding on to the past. 
this is this is transfer uh, not transference this is projecting this is the projecting of saying well that's how i felt and so that must be what's happening here now with you and the the children may not have thought that at all in their minds it must have just been normal to have one parent be the good guy and one parent be the bad guy because this is probably a reality for them for a long time and then to have one parent go in and just say well it's because the other one is controlling it changes everything it does change everything and children are smart like that not uh, they tend to know at an early age to play parents off each other not because of malice but just because of pure innocence and what the dynamics are being presented while they're they see their parents communicating right exactly mom said this or dad said this well i can do this because dad said so or i can do this because so and so said so they're very smart at picking those things up that's right and they'll they'll pit you against each other and that's why it's very important this is the dismantling uh you know it's the disintegration of the family system and that's where you want to make sure that you go in there and you sort of repair these things as soon as possible you know the the thing about saying that it's never too late to start anew it's never too late to correct something it's not if you had a house that had a a collapsing roof would you say well it's too late let's all leave of course not right no you say okay let's step back let's step away from the house let's take a look at what's going on we'll start repairing the roof so that we can all start living under it again and so great analogy so you want to make sure that you're doing things like that right if the roof is caving in or if the floors are whatever you're going to do your best to repair those things because it's way harder to build a new home than it is to just step back and say, okay, this is an us problem. It's not a me problem or a you problem. If this house does not get repaired, none of us get to live in it together. The finger pointing definitely has to stop for sure. That's right. For sure. So I, I think that if there's a way for them to set aside some of that resentment and just maybe even just talk about where that's coming from and just to say, Okay, give each person a chance to speak, be fair about that, and then come up with your agreements. Come up with your agreements because undermining, what does that do? It doesn't actually do anything for anybody. In fact, it's very damaging to the children. And the, if, if this writer is still upset, don't, you're going you're, you're gonna to have to wait it out a little bit and wait until you're not so angry or have emotions tied to it still to have this conversation because when you come from a place of emotion it's going to sound attacking back and that's totally uh, not the reaction that you're going you're, you're gonna to want and then it's, it becomes this whole big argument all over again. So I know this because I tend to be that person to react on emotion and it just never ends well. It doesn't, right? So you do have to definitely check your emotions at the door. Check your emotions. It's not to say that you are going to dismiss them or say that they're not valid they are, they're valid, they're yours, and they're not there for no reason. But it's to say, is bringing this in going to be helpful or harmful to establishing some of these guidelines that are for our children? Helpful or harmful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a it's a very um, useful way to sort of measure what you're going to say next. And you say this all the time, get radically curious. Absolutely. I think that would be really helpful here, not just to get radically curious about them, but radically curious about self and why that comment pisses you off so much. The controlling comment? Yeah. Like, where does that actually come from? 
right? I agree with that. And the self-exploratory part that you mentioned you had to go through as a spouse and as a parent is something that I think is very important for everyone to go through, whether or not you're in a relationship with children. It's always helpful to know what's yours and what's the other person's. Because if you don't know where you start and the other person ends, it's it's going to create a lot of blurred boundaries or it's going to, I agree. there's going to be a lack of boundaries and boundaries is very important here, especially when you're dealing with a family. Yeah. And it's very black and white, right? If you don't know where your boundaries are, why things piss you off or what triggers you or all these things, how are you going to be able to establish the boundaries that you need to have a healthy communicative relationship moving forward with your ex? Right. It is what it is. It is what it is. So let's try those steps and see if it's helpful. I mean, that's something maybe you can try as well, Kathy. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And you know what I love about our podcast is I'm constantly learning as I'm also talking. So as much as you guys may be benefiting, I also thank you guys so much for writing in because I'm learning every single day. And and the things that you say in regards to these letters, it's, it's so powerful for me. So... I'm so grateful. I love it. Perspective is everything. And on that note, thank you everyone for listening and tuning in. Parenting is raw. It's awesome. It's raw awesome. <laughs>